or no, I, I think I was even like, is this gently used or is this brand new? Do you find this on Facebook Marketplace? He doesn't need it Were anymore. Were you like back alley Craigslist? Where did you find it? I did look on Craigslist. Oh. I did. This guy was selling a coffin on Craigslist that he made. But he wouldn't. He didn't respond to my replies. I never. I never. Well, it's heard good from you didn't him. go. You probably would have ended up in it. It was a little Halloweeny, actually. <laughs> Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better, and by the power of His Spirit, do better. So together, we can be a little better. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of A Little Better. So great to be here, however you might be joining us, wherever you might be joining us. Great to have you here. I am Nate, and I have the privilege of sitting in the seat of power today. This is my first time ever hosting the podcast, and the reason for that is because I'm here with my man, Brad, who delivered an awesome (laughs) sermon on Sunday, but it kind of feels... A little With great like, power comes great responsibility. That that chair is it's anointed. You can see, you you can tell whether can a guest is lying a bit. or not. Yeah, you and see I right can, into their soul. I can steer this whole thing however I want to steer it. Right? I can ask you whatever question. <laughs> I, I don't. Want. I don't like this seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it is great. Great to be here and truly mm. awesome, awesome message on 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 Sunday, Brad, that you delivered and. As we like to, to start things off with, we, we usually ask, you know, give us your sermon in 60 seconds. My sermon in 60 seconds. Boy, that's really good because I've never been asked that question and like, whoa, that's not as easy as you think. But we started off talking about, I, I brought a, a coffin, a casket on stage and started with beginning with the end in mind. If we could think ahead to the end of our lives, how would it change how we lived today? And then we also want to take the measure of a man, Paul, look at his funeral. So at 2,000 years later, how would we evaluate and understand the impact of his life? And so we've already seen him converted. So what was the rest of the story? So I tried to do a whirlwind tour through his missionary journeys, the places he'd been, the obstacles he'd faced, and the contributions he'd made, the scriptures that he had written, the books of the Bible, and just what was his passion was to take the gospel to the entire Roman Empire. And he accomplished it. He did it. And beyond his life, 300 years later, Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire. But um, And then as we reflect on that, well, what do you take away from that? Do you take away lessons in leadership? And Paul would say, no, you take away the fact that Christ blew up my life and turned me around 180 degrees because I was a great leader before I was a Christian. I was just a, a horrible, wicked person. So um, I think we talked you know, then about just bringing it home in terms of right back to that coffin of um, the fact that we can't explain the church you know, without a risen Christ. We can't explain Paul's change of life without a risen Christ. When people come to your funeral and they look at your life, will they be able to explain your life without a risen Christ? Yeah, Brad, I thought you did just such an amazing job covering the life of Paul, essentially, nearly 20 chapters in such <laughs> a, a powerful way. And that, that, that coffin was, I know for me, grabbed my attention right away and got mm-hmm. me thinking, um, just a, a brilliant use of, of an illustration. Let's talk about that, though, for a little bit. Where in the world, like, how, how do you find a coffin? Where did you come up? Where did you I, find this thing? I, I, I had the idea quite a while ago, and everyone I mentioned it to thought it was a terrible idea. They thought I was joking. And they said, no, I really want to do this. 
And I did. I did actually look around as like um, just trying to find cheap coffins. And I, I did go down the road of looking, talking to funeral homes, talked to a couple of funeral homes. It didn't work out. I think if it did work out, it might have been hugely expensive for them to bring an actual casket for us. So Keith Horn, um, uh, one of our volunteers, community group leaders, hugely yeah, you know, he's he's a spiritual mentor in this church, but he also has an awesome wood shop, and he loves making things. He made the cross that I used when I nailed that book okay. yep. to the cross a while ago, and he said he could make it, and I was blown away. He did um, make it quickly, and I thought it looked great, but I did think that that was, again, just the thing that could tie it together and just focus us, you know, what does it all matter when we make it to the end of our lives? Yeah. I agree, and I think I think you did a great job of doing that. And you know, I love the use of that illustration. There's so many probably ways you could have directed that that talker illustrations that you could have mm-hmm. could have used. And I know one of the things we like to think through or even ask is like, mm-hmm. okay, as you look at this amazing talk you gave, were there additional things you thought about saying an illustration <laughs> or? I mean, you did cover I'm 19 laughing. chapters. I'm laughing because it was 19 chapters. And it was like, I know that when I did pre-preach, I mean, I was out of breath. I mean, there was just so much to cover. And you guys and feedback were just so helpful. I mean, I think it was still a pretty packed sermon, but you were so helpful on just focusing it, whittling it down. So, yeah, there was a ton, you know, you know, left on the table. So many stories, you know, you wanted to talk about just break down, you know, you know, you know, so many things, but, um, I do hope that I hit the highlights in an enticing way that people would want to read, uh, read the stories. I had a whole, I don't know, there's an illustration I'll probably use someday in a sermon, but, uh, um, I just, for some reason, the Holocaust, you know, came to mind just, and the Christians in the Holocaust and those who weren't even necessarily Christians who risked their lives to save Jews. And, um, I've just, um, there's an incredible story about Denmark and just what the people did there risking their own lives, you know, to save Jews. And I thought they were risking their lives, you know, for save people's physical lives, but Paul is risking his life to save souls, you know, and for him, it's just how, many people can I reach? How can I multiply myself through others? And that, that's an incredible thing about Paul. As much ground as he covered, think about all the people he trained, right. the men, the women, and launched them and trained them, hey, you need to train other people, train other people, to, and just started this whole exponentially growing movement. So it was a whole lot more, you know, could have broken down just on, you know, if I was school and church planters or, you know, just how <laughs> sure. do we saturate Rochester with the gospel? Paul's got so many ways uh, to help us there. I love that. So going going back to the illustration you chose to use of the of the coffin, it's interesting because I'm I'm sure it it struck people in different ways. And at the start of the message, they saw that and they were like, "Whoa, okay, how do I feel about this? How is he going to use this? Your jokes were even funny. Like, is yeah. someone coming out? Is Brad getting in?" I, yeah. I, I thought that that was great. But on a on a serious level, I do think like looking at a casket or even just thinking about the end of our life and thinking about death. It's it, hard. It's it, it's it, tough. It does make people awkward. It does weird us out, right? And I think, um, I'm sure most people, you know, maybe you've never yet been to a funeral. There's people that are probably listening to us who've never been to a funeral. Most of us have. And you just think about the first one you went to and how young you were when you went. And it is, 
it's unknown territory and it's stuff and, and to, you know, to approach a loved one, you know, you know, in, in a casket, it just evokes, you know, you know, so much, but, but we all have that destiny, right? We prepare, we buy home insurance cause we might have a fire. You know, we buy car insurance cause we might have an accident. We buy, mm-hmm. pay a few bucks so our iPhone, you know, extend the warranty because it might crack. Well, actually, it will crack. So that's, that's, that one's a certainty. But, you know, we all have that certain date with death, you know, it was certain. And so we have to face it squarely. We have to think about it. But it's something we want to push away. We right. don't want to deal with it. Why uh, do you think that is? Like, I'm trying to even think in my... Yeah, I think, well, I think I th- there's multiple reasons. I will tell you about my thoughts on death because I have been thinking about death. I mean, I've been at both my parents' bedside, you know, when they've died and I've um you know, officiated, you know, a, f- a funeral. I'm sure you've officiated a f- several yourself. Um but um you know, one thing for me is I'm not as afraid of death because I know to die is to be with the Lord. But I'm a little afraid of how I'll die, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I watched my dad die. It didn't look pleasant. So that's, that's just, I think people, it's, it's terrifying, you know, to think mm-hmm. even, even about how you'll die. But it's also kind of terrifying to think what will, what will the evaluation of your life be, yeah. right? What will people... You know, really. I know that that's what hit me, you know, because I I think why I think it's hard to think about death is it's, well, it's it's sad and it's loss or it's Mm -hmm. regret. And I look Mm -hmm. back on I should have, could have, would have or should have lived a better life or, Mm -hmm. you know, I think more about that rather. But I thought you did such a great job of the broadening, broadening it beyond that. Those those are important things to be Mm -hmm. thinking about and, and, and fair things. But even just the like. What, how will I be remembered? And will my life point to a greater story, the story of the gospel, not just, okay, Nate did this or did that. And I think that that was just so powerful to think yeah. about. You know, I, something I was thinking about and all that too, and you know, we didn't even talk about this ahead of time, but it occurred to me I was thinking about, because I think it's easy for someone to listen to a message like this and think, well, I'll never have the impact of someone like Paul. I'm never going to live a life of this incredible um, sequence. I mean, everyone, I mean, the whole world pretty much knows about Paul. and They certainly know about Christianity. I mean, it's just this, this huge impact. What, what about me? And I think what I maybe failed to do, or I could have done, you know, in the sermon was also encourage people that don't have flashy lives, you know, or significant lives or big in the public spotlight kind of lives. And to know that it's not about what others see, it's about what God sees. And what will God see in our life? And I think about those times where people are encouraged just because they know that God sees them. You know, there's times in the Old Testament, the God who sees, or is it Nathaniel who's under the tree and Jesus sees him. But, you know, if you're living a life faithful to the gospel, it may not be flashy, but know that God sees. And Paul didn't get to live to see the impact of his life. And, you know, who knows what God will accomplish after ours as well. There's a statement you made in your message that kind of like, that jarred me in a good way, but you made the statement of like, we need to learn how to die. Yeah. I'd love to unpack that a little bit more. Like, what does that look like every day? How do I, you know, each day or practically, what does that mean or look like in my life to learn how 
to die. Yeah, I think it's theological and practical, right? I mean, theologically, that Galatians 2.20 is one of my favorite verses. I remember learning it and memorizing it when I was young. I think we even sang a song, for I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. I'm not going to sing the whole thing, but... That's pretty good. But, but yeah, but I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ you know, who lives in me, the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. So um, theologically, you know, um, we die, but how do we die? Well, then it comes out in all kinds of practical ways where basically we have to sacrifice, we have to give up, we have to die little deaths. Each way, Jesus says, take up our cross daily. So there's this, and, and a cross is an instrument of death. There are ways we die, and it might be one place it comes out, you know, clearly is in our relationships, and, you know, especially in marriage, right, where for the sake of our spouse, you know, we die a little bit to love and serve them. And that kind of grows a heart, you know, of generosity, it grows a heart, you know, like Christ. And of course, not all of us are married, but if we're Christians, we're all married to Christ. And that's the, yeah. you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's that same relationship where we're, we're married to someone and for the sake of the one we love, there are sacrifices right. that we might need to make you know, yeah. on a daily basis. It's so easy, too. You look at Paul, and it's like, man, shipwrecked, like stoned, in jail. Yeah. The whippings. I can't imagine five times being whipped, right. 39 right. lashes. Jesus experienced that once. Paul yeah. experienced that five times. Yeah. That, yeah. That's amazing mm-hmm. to me. And so it's so easy to think of like, man, well, how does Paul's life connect with my life? And mm-hmm. I think, though, learning to die or dying to ourselves you know, some, sometimes and in some places it is, it can be that extreme, but, but yet sometimes... Well, it's not it, going to be always that, those kind of physical extreme imprisonment, you know, kind of things. You know, for us, you think about all the ways it happens financially. I mean, the sacrifices that people make financially. I mean, I, I remember times where I heard of people <clears throat> giving away retirement funds, and I'm like, dude, that's dumb, you know, but for the gospel, yeah. you know, for the church, for, for, you know, a gospel, you know, initiative. Um, but, you know, the, you know, financially, and what was the other one I was thinking of? Um, well, career-wise, you know, is um, think about, you know, <clears throat> the jobs, the opportunities, choosing a job for less pay because it positions right. us better to mm-hmm. serve the gospel. Yeah, when you stop and think about it, like it, there's so many things, even just in, in our time, my time of like with, with my kids, you know, sometimes I'm like, so just put them to bed so I can have my quiet time (laughs) and put on the TV or ESPN or whatever. But even just like the little extra time to ask them questions about their day, if I'm sensing that they Mm -hmm. want to talk to like make the time, you know, I want to do this, but I'm going to, I'm going to pause here and engage (laughs) with them. It could be with a friend or a coworker just prioritizing what they want to do or time with them. And so uh. it, it's big and it drastic at times, but yet dying to self or it can be in little moments. I feel like is, yeah, as well I, think, too. I think, I think it's those little moments daily where the muscle has to be grown. Right. Yeah, that's good. You know, I mean, Jesus talks about turning the other cheek or, you know, these very extreme sacrifices that people make. And I don't think those things come, you, you just like do it on the spot. Right. And you wouldn't show up at a, football game to play a football game without training like ahead of time I mean there's there's things that we have to do and I think it's those those daily if we are living that daily you know taking up our cross daily and making those sacrifices daily there's going to come those events in life where a huge sacrifice is going to be asked Mm -hmm. and we'll have 
we'll have the, the spiritual muscle to do it because we've been practicing it in little ways. Yeah, that's good. I'm a little jealous because you got, I, I feel like, to some of the best parts of Acts to preach. Oh, I skipped a ton of parts, I had too. Pentecost, Brad gets, you know, the life and story of Paul. <laughs> and I think part of that is like, I just love biographies. I yes. love, you mentioned actually Keith Horn. I, Keith Horn actually wrote a book about his dad, who was a World War oh, II bomber yeah, pilot. Yeah, yeah, and I've yeah. read that book. Uh-huh. And it's amazing. Shout out Keith Horn. Um, Let the Kicking Keith. Mule Kick, I think is the name of the book. Anyway, Additional resources. There you go. But I love biographies <laughs> of true stories of just, People doing extraordinary things, and you know, obviously, the latter half of Acts is this incredible story biography on Uh Paul. You mentioned a number of ones that were your favorites. Were there any stories of Paul that you didn't get to to mention in your talk? So many things. Or a favorite one? Well, I guess you mentioned some of your favorites, but any other favorites that stand out? There's, I mean, I mentioned that I mentioned that my dad was a veteran of the Navy and loved the sea, and there's a lot of the sea, and there's the whole that whole story goes on for quite a while. There's a lot of detail given. Part of it is because Luke was there; he's on the ship with Paul um, when he's, you know, and when the storm hits, and there's two weeks, and they're buffeting, and they're fighting for their lives, and they crash on an island, and, you know, just, you know, lots, lots of drama. That's another thing I, I don't think I really mentioned in the sermon was, you know, your Luke writes Acts, and for the first part of it, it's all they, 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 and at a certain point, it becomes we, 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 and Luke is, Luke is, a you know, Paul leads Luke to Christ. He becomes a disciple. He follows him. He he starts writing Paul's biography, writing the history, and he gets to be there. And he too survives like shipwrecks and all these crazy stories. Yeah, I know the the one that just it boggles my mind. You know, I just like feeling for the dude, feeling for Paul. It's like you know he's. His shipwrecked or you know boat falls apart. He's yeah. bobbing around in the Mediterranean on this like piece of driftwood. <laughs> Finally, like washes up on Malta. shore. Malta, Malta. Yeah. got to be cold. You know, he's been in the in the water for so long. Goes to build a fire, and in the driftwood and fire that he collects, he gets bitten <laughs> by a snake. It's like, man, like talk about like circumstantially, like right, it's crazy. Right, right, right. But un- unreal. That story just blows my mind. I mean, how could he not just be like, come on, Lord, like, look at what I have done. And now here, I'm just trying to build a fire. Oh, it's crazy man. to me. Yeah. But. That happens so much. Like stuff happens and you say, why, Lord, why? But then he intervenes in a way and it's like, no, that's yeah, a right, good story. Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But again, another example of Paul, like it's so easy for me to have circumstantial faith, like Uh where my faith just rides on how good my day is going or bad my day is going. And if things are good, God is good. If things are bad, well, then God must be punishing me or, you know, what is wrong. But I love that, man. Paul had like a foundational faith, a faith rooted in, as you talked about, a risen Savior. And if Christ really died then there is a plan and purpose for our lives and and God's at work in the midst of all of it, even being shipwrecked and all of that. Like, I mean, Paul, man, just never wavered in that that faith. That's another thing that impressed me about the life of Paul was 
it's you start listening to the crowd, it's nuts because there are times, I think a couple of times, when they want to make him a god. They want to worship him. They want to he's trying to get them not to make sacrifices to him. And you let that get in your head and say, Well, I could bask in this a little while. I guess I'm pretty hot stuff. To now they want to they're screaming in your face, they're stoning you. It's just it's this like unbelievable roller coaster of huge affirmation versus total opposition and yet there's something that makes him very even keel through all that I know. because he doesn't care what they think he cares what christ thinks right, right. Yeah. truly amazing well brad you did a masterful job uh wrapping up the series talking about the life of paul it's been a privilege and an honor to sit in this seat <laughs> hopefully uh yeah, I'm getting I it back okay. soon. I hope. <laughs> yeah, but anything else? Any anything I didn't ask you or something, man? You would love to to share? Yeah, I think um, it's just I, I do think I that you people really ought to go through the exercise of writing their own eulogy, of thinking ahead mm. to what do they want the end and the measure of their life to be, and I hope that they're writing that it is their goal to please God and that the, their life mattered um, for the gospel. And just, but, and will people be able to say, you know, I can't explain the church, you know, um, without Christ. I can't explain Paul without Christ. I can't explain Nate without Christ. Mm-hmm. The things he did, the sacrifices he made, the decisions he made, they just don't make sense unless God is real. So just to lean into that, that and reflect on that, I think it's helpful for all of us. So, so good. Uh, thank you, Brad, for an awesome, awesome talk, awesome podcast. Thank you for joining us. Next week, we are back to normal. Uh, Drew is back preaching. We start a new series, My First Christmas. Brad will be back in this seat as well. But thank you guys for joining us today on this episode. Mm-hmm.